0: ready to have a conversation with Les Blank, and he's here showing a couple of works in progress films that uh, he's working on one is called Butch Anthony and the other uh, I'm not really sure but it's about um, Richard Leacock he, he gets to call Ricky and you can tell from the films that they've been friends for a very long time so I'm waiting he's making himself a cup of tea yeah, we are. I have everything set up here. And how do you like the festival here?
1: <clears throat> I like it fine. It's uh, nice, interesting films, and the, the people organizing it mm-hmm. do a lot to make the filmmaker feel.
0: That's nice. what I, I find. Uh, they're very helpful in, in trying to get people to really feel comfortable you know, that they have a different type of audience here. Have you been here before? or is this I was your here first? last year. Last year. Yeah. Is that when you decided to bring in your works in progress?
1: Well, sometimes if I'm invited someplace to like address a classroom on filmmaking, they'll they'll want to see films I've finished, and then they find it always interesting to show what I'm working on in the present time, to see what a, a film in its early stages looks like. Or sometimes it's just... To fill out a classroom where I could just show something rather than have to talk, I can say, here's something I'm working on. And so far, I haven't met any arguments.
0: You had a very open audience here. Did you, um, did you think that they helped you with some of the moments in the film? Was that helpful to you?
1: It's helpful to know how audiences perceive films and... I'm always interested in what they're interested in, to see what, what they're looking for in, in, in the film experience. It's, uh, it's nice to know you're connecting, or, or if I'm not connecting, it's interesting to know where I'm going off the track, or where I'm losing the audiences.
0: It seemed like in yesterday's film, the T film, it was a broader audience. It was, this one seemed to be more of the filmmakers coming in. Did you see a difference in that? I
1: guess it was billed as a uh, workshop, so people who were interested in the process of making films would be attending the workshop. And then The other was, was more of a people coming to see a finished or nearly finished film. I
0: liked all of the films. Good. I liked where you are going with them, and that was one of the questions I had for another documentary filmmaker is, is there a plan ahead, or as you did, you picked up your camera and decided to shoot whatever you, you liked, what you thought was artistic or you, know, you were drawn to, and then find that story to unfold, is that one of the processes that you go by
1: yeah just uh, just grab what you can of what you think could be become a f- film scene or material for a film and then at some point start start shaking out the scenes that don't work and stitching together the ones that do work and find some kind of order out of the chaos to at one point you hope to end up with a beginning a middle and an end.
0: I loved your analogy about filmmakers are also good cooks.
1: Not all filmmakers but (laughs) there's a parallel between the two art forms, yeah.
0: And you've been doing this for a long time. Well, your trip to China, um, you uh, talked about traveling very lightly and Uh shooting guerrilla style. Is that helping you getting access or working or getting your the shots or scenes that you want?
1: By being mobile? Well, mobile.
0: with all the new equipment and the new technology now, is that... Uh,
1: yeah, you can get in and out of a situation quite easily. The camera's light and it records in all kind of levels of lighting conditions. Or before you needed heavy lights that pulled a lot of power and made people upset when it lit up their house and or blew their circuit breakers but you can shoot in a, very often an existing light and get get away with it we can never do that in film and uh, it, it leads to a whole different style of filmmaking and we're seeing the results now there's a lot of Excellent feature films coming out made with the lightweight digital equipment that you wouldn't have seen, say, 20 years ago.
0: I love the feel of the film. Um, when they were talking about the tea being very uh, environmental and the feeling of the trees in your images conveyed that so beautifully, so okay. eloquently. Good. I appreciate that. I think as as an artist perhaps but your films tend to be more artistic Changed from when you first started
1: what making artistic yeah. film
0: well just uh, developing it
1: well when i first began i had a hard time figuring out how to arrange everything what kind of uh, structure would i use to make it all make sense and I, I had a fairly rigid, preconceived idea about how to make a film, which is more or less like everybody else made them. They, and they still do them on PBS, for instance, where you have talking heads, talking heads, and a few cutaways, more talking heads, and it's kind of dry and dull, and uh, you don't want to watch that kind of work more than once. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to make the break, and. When I was doing this first film called God Respects Us When We Work But Loves Us When We Dance about the early Levin's in Los Angeles and they eventually became the seed for what became the rock festival. Before the Levin's there was no such thing as a rock concert or rock festival and I uh, threw everything out the window just started listening to my feelings and editing according to the feelings without thinking of a guiding cohesive uh, linear structure and I let the music carry it and the, the emotions of the content of the scenes that we were watching and it seemed to work for some reason and I've done that ever since.
0: You were sitting here during the panel discussion and. I don't know how long you've been doing your, your distribution, but it seems like you've been doing it a long time and you're very involved in that and you're going to be going and selling your DVDs. I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was very good for the filmmaker to try to figure out their way around the film festival circuit. How did you get started with that show your films?
1: Well, I started uh, well, with the film on the as I mentioned, The God Respects Us and sent it to the New York Film Festival and they accepted it. It was the first and last film of mine they have ever accepted. Oh. And I was happy that that happened and I didn't go to New York but I was glad they saw fit to show it and the uh, there was a major festival in Switzerland uh, Locarno I think it's called and uh, I didn't go to that one either but And the next film was a Lightning Hopkins film, and I don't think I went to festivals with that. But I did have a showing in an art theater in Los Angeles, which was very thrilling. It was an opening short subject for Jean-Luc Godard's film called Weekend. I don't know if you know that film or not.
0: That I don't.
1: It's a Mm -hmm. classic Godard film. My favorite of all of his films. And it's a major statement about the world as he saw it in 1968 when it came out. And it's a horrendous apocalyptic vision of the modern world. Most of it takes place on a freeway that's gotten totally chaotic. All the cars are crashing into one another and people are desperately trying to save themselves and it's, it's all for me and stay out of my way and, um, no sympathy, no human kindness, and oh, that is it was uh, scary.
0: Yeah, yeah. but Do you but, think but that the came true. Yeah, in some places. Yeah,
1: but yeah. the theater was packed every night for like six weeks. It had a, a long run, and I could watch the audiences responding to the film and seeing on a big screen and feeling the audience feeling the things in the film that I had felt and tried to convey and hoped that the audience would get them even though it had no uh, linear structure it, it seemed to work. I felt very gratified knowing that the film would work. I don't think I got into a festival until that I attended until uh, the next couple of films spent it all in a well spent life and then people started paying attention and inviting me to ethnographic film festivals at Temple University in Philadelphia and there's a festival in Dallas it used to be called the U.S. Film Festival Kit Carson started it I And remember about that one. AFI Festival started around a little later than that I think there were I started going to that one in 79 wait 76 Telluride Film Festival started for me and Seventy-six, and that was my first Telluride festival. That was a, a huge uh That's 31
0: years, isn't it? Or, ago? or more? Uh, 30 some years. I think
1: they just had their 35th anniversary. Yeah, so I was there for like their
0: mm-hmm.
1: second or third festival and I went to about the next 14 in a row.
0: So it sounds like you have your own festival schedule plan Depending on who invites you, but also you have some of your favorites.
1: Well, there's a strategic pecking order of the starting, say at Berlin and Cannes, and uh, working down. There's different tiers of festivals, and you—they're all really jealous and protective. And if you're in one, they won't—you can't get in the other. And you, one will try to persuade you to be in theirs, get the jump on their competitor. It see.
0: didn't seem like that today at the panel discussion. They all looked friendly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh,
1: who was there, the the um, one in Duke uh, Chapel? I mean, uh,
0: from Full Frame. That's Durham, Full Frame in North Carolina. North Carolina, Silver Docks. AFI, and AFI Festival, AFI and Truth in,
1: uh, and Were there in Seattle, so, True and False.
0: There's so many film festivals going on
1: now. And I overhear them saying it doesn't matter whether that's a, a uh, premiere or not? Right. That's a bunch of crap. <laughs> They're all highly uh, desirable having premieres.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about, uh, it's the same thing. It, so the theater run really isn't because the, the filmmaker has to come and put money out from their pockets and they're really not getting anything For a theater
1: or for a festival?
0: For a festival, they have to pay the submission, then get here usually. There's some, I think, that will compensate filmmakers. Otherwise do 20 or 30 festivals, that's a lot of money for a filmmaker.
1: It can be but there are festivals that are free and there are festivals that if they want your film badly enough will pay to bring you to the festival. I never paid for any of the Telluride festivals. Oh, they like you. They provide a room and board and plane fare.
0: Did you go to the Toronto Film Festival?
1: Yeah, I've been to a couple of those. They also paid my way.
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't know what you're doing, you can spin your wheels and spend a lot of money doing it.
0: Do you have a festival in mind when you're almost finished with the film? How you're going to get it out there?
1: It depends on what time of year it is and what festivals are coming up. You think about deadlines, like Amsterdam's a pretty major festival for a documentary. Maybe the world's best documentary festival. So you think in terms of what time of year you think you'll have the film finished. We did not have a finished film, but sent them what we thought was a fairly fine cut anyway. In fact, I didn't really plan to send it to them at all, but my son has been struggling to finish his uh, last film and he had sent a rough cut to Amsterdam last year and got rejected and he was going to send his current version this year along with a film a friend of his has been making about him for the last 15 years also a rough cut and they said we're sending this package to Amsterdam, FedEx, do you want to stick your film in it and share the cost? And I said, sure. So we stuck our film in, even though it wasn't ready. And they accepted it and rejected my son's film and his friend's film. So off I went to Amsterdam. (laughs) When I was invited to this festival in Korea, I told Bitch Anthony, well, I'd gone to a a festival in uh, Seoul called the Fantastic Film Festival and it was truly fantastic and I told Butch about all these young lady, Korean ladies who are college students who speak English or want to improve their English and they volunteer for the festival and they're all extremely attractive and he said I want to go to Korea and see them girls and so I got invited to a second festival in Korea and. I told Butch that I was going, and he said, take me, take me. I want to see them cute Korean gals. And so I, I said to the festival, say, uh, I noticed sometimes a festival will bring a filmmaker's spouse when they go to a festival. And they said, yes, or a friend. He said, Do you, if you want to bring someone, you could bring someone, but we won't give you both a first class ticket we were going to give you a first class plane ticket but if you want to bring a friend we'll give you two coach tickets and we won't give him a separate room but if he wants to share your room we can do that he can come to all the parties and that's what we did it
0: Sounds like you do have a very nice relationship with him, friendship and, yeah. and well, he's uh, letting you come into his world
1: Yeah but the danger is when do you step back and pick up your camera and say, now you're the subject and I'm the filmmaker, and what what am I going to shoot and how am I going to go about it? Right. It's be tricky. Like you ask him a question and say, what do you want to know that for? And I have to stop what I'm doing and try to convince him that there's information we need for the film. It would be handy if he could supply it and not be all self-conscious about it. But do you
0: think it's being self-conscious, or do you think uh, sometimes people become formal and feel like they have to give the right answer? They feel like their real answer or their uh, laid-back answer is off the record.
1: Yeah, sure. That, that's that's a difficult part of trying to do a personal film about someone that you're familiar with, or. or a, better, more fully than your ordinary subject. It's a bigger challenge it's, it's, it is a challenge. it's hard and that's why I don't do much shooting I just don't, it's too big of a challenge I just let it, forget the filmmaking and just uh, hang out I
0: know. Do you have other people that help you with the filmmaking then? And, uh,
1: sometimes, uh, the editor Gina Leibrecht comes along and helps out like that sometimes She was with me when I shot the, most of the Ricky footage, so she was able to maintain the camera while I fished around for things to get him to do. And I could eat his food and she could do the worry about exposure and sound and stuff like that. But it helps to have someone with a personality on board. I don't have that big of a personality but my early films were had a fellow who was a clown by profession so he could loosen people up and get them feeling natural. Marianne Gosling was Worked with me for a long time. Also, she was sort of naive, and people trusted her. But they didn't. She didn't harbor any ill feelings about anyone. A good foil. To, to
0: so you always have these little tricks up your sleeve.
1: Yeah, you got to. You got to make do, cover up your own weaknesses, find someone who has a strength where you're weak.
0: Well, I thank you so much for your time. Is sure. there? Anything else you'd like to uh, express to the first time filmmaker or someone that has a film and is ready to bring it onto the, the festival circuit?
1: Lots of love. And, and uh, that's all I can say. If you want to be a filmmaker, and you uh, have to always know for sure you want to be a filmmaker. Because it's a lot of trouble and a lot of disappointment if you. Don't hit the home run the first time you're back.
0: Well, thank you again. It was such a pleasure meeting you. Thank um, you. Like, good luck and with your films, and thank you. I will send you the the link to my podcast. So okay, can hear what's going on.
1: And be sure and tell them about my my website. Oh, lesblank.com. Okay. Okay.
0: And I uh, I'll see you later. All right. Thanks.
1: Sure.